You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, October 21st. My name, as always, and possibly, potentially, and most predictably, predominantly, forever reliably, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres podcast. I don't know what I was doing there, but here we go. Let's keep marching on. Um, check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and sometimes I might even answer them here on the show. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. In today's episode, instead of recapping just one game of this series, I don't want, I changed my mind. You know what I'm, I was thinking, instead, I'm going to save my thoughts. I'm going to save my thoughts for after game two, perhaps, maybe, you know what I mean? Get a little, a little double, you know, a little double feature kind of recap podcast. Instead, we're going to continue this season kind of recap and review with Daniel R. Epstein that we started yesterday where we talked more about the Pirates storylines and today are some more general storylines. We get into all those things and trust me, it's a goodie, guys. Trust me, it's a goodie. You guys are going to like it um, for sure. So without further ado, let's just let's just get it started. Here we go. Um, but now speaking of some other surprises, uh, that's not the best transition of the world, but Now I want to talk about some of the rest of the things that we talked about preseason and what kind of storylines we were looking forward to. What turned out to not be so exciting? What turned Because the big thing is obviously the Padres. If there was one number one thing that we both had some way right about with Cronenworth and the rotation, it was the Padres. So now here we go. This is, this is, let's, let's review the tape, you know, let's, let's review the tape. (laughs) Um, So here we go. So let's start with some general baseball things as in like how we were looking forward to the season in terms of rules. And stuff like that, right? One of the things that I was saying was I thought that there was a real chance that we would go only two weeks into the season and then it would would get shut down, right? That obviously did not happen. Um, But I think it's – yeah, and I think it is (laughs) worth talking about, though, that early on in the season it was both the Marlins and the Cardinals. And I think it was just those two teams. Like they had those big COVID outbreaks. And there was all this drama going around, and people were like, they 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 didn't wear masks. And or, uh, what was it? The Marlins didn't tell Philly, I think it was, or maybe it was the Cardinals. They didn't tell the other team that they that one of their players testified. That was the whole whole thing. So it definitely was an issue this year, uh, for sure, when it comes to just something we talked about and whether or not they're going to be able to carry this all out. But it still turned out okay um, in terms of just getting the season gone along. And another thing we talked about was just the rule changes. Uh, you brought up specifically, you were looking forward to just seeing how the universal DH turned out and how the man on second rule uh, turned out. How do you feel like uh, all those things turned out, especially with the rule changes? Did you enjoy seeing the man on second thing? Did you enjoy the universal DH? You know, I, I see I'm a proponent of the DH. I like the DH. And I you think too. that uh, all, all your um, listeners probably just turned me off because of that. But I think that <laughs> You know, I, I I think the universal DH is a good thing. I think you have to look at each of these rules separately because they're they're all kind of unique. I like the universal DH, whether we like it or not. That's one rule that was definitely going to be here to stay. Um, mm-hmm. The three batter minimum that was put into place even before the coronavirus. But um, 
then there's other things that I think will be temporary, like the seven inning double headers and the runner on second and extra innings. I I don't think there's enough of a push to say, well, we have to do this long term. Maybe that can happen with the runner on second, but you know, to protect pitchers, but um with a, a normal, not quite so compressed schedule, I don't think that we're gonna see that um long term. If we do, I think the big thing to look at is the next collective bargaining agreement, because that's where a lot of these rules get hammered out, because, um, you know, the players have a say in this also contractually, in some of them anyway. So um, we were supposed to have a normal season this coming year, and then the collective bargaining agreement runs out and they have to negotiate a new one, which right now it looks very likely that there could be a work stoppage but that's another topic for another day however Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting that if and when they do come to an agreement which rule changes they try to put into place because i think that we've seen they are willing to be a little bit more drastic than traditional with some Mm -hmm. of these things so we'll see what it is that uh they have a stomach for I, i think that we could see a little bit more of a normal season next year but then after that everything is fair game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just been, and look, I actually think that our listeners, my listeners for the most part, they understand it. I really think that the DH argument is, I thought it was mostly silly. I thought it was mostly like a lot of baseball arguments we have. Remember when I might even talk to you about this. Remember when instant replay being incorporated was like a debate. And Mm -hmm. now how many people have you talked to? How many people have you seen be like, Oh, instant replay it's still an issue no because we got used to it and we were like let's just get the calls right who cares every other f- sport of the world <laughs> does instant replay at this point not just for home runs and stuff like it, it hasn't been an issue and in my opinion this year didn't see a lot of pushback you know why because people were glad they didn't see pitchers who were batting 120 every nine you know nine at bats guess what I don't care if Madison Bumgarner hits like three home runs in a year. Cool. It's fun. Yeah, put him in the derby. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever you guys want to do. Most pitchers aren't like that, and it's fine. It's Major League Baseball. They're here to pitch, not necessarily here to you know hit line drives like Jake Cronenworth. So from that perspective, I noticed that uh, kind of similarity where, yeah, not a lot of people. I don't think it's a real issue. I think that that's the one thing that should stay. Um, with the man on second, this is an interesting one. I think this is an interesting one. I think my take as of right now is – it's good for the regular season in terms of say it's still as long, you know, say we go into next year, still 162 games, right? Unless they maybe change it and they shorten it by a little bit. Right. Um, I think it's good for that. I think that if you're playing that many baseball games, guys, if you ain't winning the game by the 10th inning, whatever, like win the game earlier, you know what I mean? For the playoffs though, maybe I, I I've talked to some people said, maybe this should be like we're soccer where it's like they play an extra 30 minutes and then they do the shootout. You know, maybe we get like we play the 10th and 11th, but then if you're at the 12th, then you do the man on second thing. Let's get this wrapped up. Right. So maybe that potentially is is what what direction they go. And what do you think? You know, I'm not even sure. I think that that's all very possible. I think you're right about that. Um, but I also think that it's not that we didn't notice because we definitely did notice and it definitely mm-hmm. did change the game. However, it still felt like baseball. Like, I, I don't think that there's anyone who said, oh, I'm not going to be a baseball fan anymore because of the runaround second and extra innings. This is the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. <laughs> and uh, I'm walking away from the game forever. Like, whether you like it or whether you don't, I don't think it's as much of a deal breaker as some of us 
want to make it out to be, you know, like I think that there are, are bigger things for people to worry about, whether you love it or hate it. Um, I, I don't think the, that the runner on second extra inning is really going to move the needle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Oh, no, hold on. Just got to cut you all off there. Just for one second, I got to talk to you guys about something real, oh, yummy. Something yummy and chewy and covered in 100% chocolate that's also healthy for you. What am I talking about? Of course, I'm talking about Built Bar, guys. It is the improved, improved Built Bar. That's the other thing. See, regularly they have 12 flavors, right? They have 12 original flavors. They've got coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All those flavors, all delicious, I guarantee it. But also, they've got six new amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Oh, daddy Let me tell you, do those sound good? And you know what else is great? As I mentioned, they're healthy. They're great for the keto diet, thanks to having high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and low calorie counts. So, if you guys are interested in these old Built Bars, and honestly, what, like, why wouldn't you be? You like being healthy? You like eating things that are good? Well, there you go. That's Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And speaking of just not moving a lot for people, God, I'm not doing great with the transitions today. I you know what it. did it really? You know what really did it change? You know what needle did it move for a lot of people? <laughs> uh, their hate for the Houston Astros. We're recording this as of it's officially been about uh, like uh, not 20 hours since the Astros were eliminated. I can't do math, um, and that happened. What was because one of the things I, we talked about was was the hate still going to be there for the Astros? And uh, Dan, let me tell you, it was still there. It yep. was still the there. Is yes. um, the answer is yes. Everyone talks about Joe Kelly, which I have my issues with. To, I don't want to lionize that guy for throwing at someone's skull like three times. But I do understand the the beef between the Dodgers and, and Astros. And I think one thing that's got lost is when Ramon Lariano decided to fight the entire Astros, basically. That was at the beginning <laughs> of the year. So what was kind of your thoughts from afar just watching the, the Astros kind of circus spectacular unfold from behind the scenes? Or just from afar, I shouldn't say behind the scenes. You know, it's interesting because we all just became Rays fans this past week. <laughs> you know, I think it was um, Jeremy Frank uh, at MLB Random Stats who ran like a Twitter poll that was like, "Are are who are you rooting for, the Rays or the Astros? And like 96% of people who were not normally like a Rays fan or an Astros fan we're rooting for the race or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, that's, that's unscientific, you know, it's a Twitter poll. So take it for what it's worth, but everyone was rooting for the race here because mm-hmm. yeah, turns out we all still hate the Astros. Um, <laughs> the Astros tried to go for this whole redemption arc thing of like, yeah. Oh, we're the underdogs mm-hmm. now. No one believed in us. Everybody hated us. Everyone doubted us. First of all, like no one disbelieved in them and nobody doubted them. We still thought they were a great team, which turned out that they actually weren't. But, um, you know, it, like, yeah, of course we, we, we didn't like you. Like, you <laughs> cheated. And yeah. then you came out and were completely unremorseful. You can't have a redemption arc where you skip the part that you actually redeem yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just can't. You know what it reminds me of uh, on a very different level? Like, they were trying to pull a Penn State, you know? We're like, with oh, Penn State... Okay. 
you know, uh, and obviously what happened with Jerry Sandusky. Yeah, yeah. With the much more egregious That's and much more heinous. Yeah, However, yeah. the reaction to it uh, or the way that they, they handled it seems like it was similar. Like Penn State really didn't do much to try and atone. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months later, they were out there on the recruiting trail with Restore the Roar. You know, bring back yeah. the Nittany Lions, bring back Penn State. And then yeah. got their sentence of, you know, reduced scholarships commuted from four years down to two. And like within a couple of years after that happened, they were ranked in the top 10 again with this whole, oh, we brought Penn State back to glory kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you don't deserve that. You didn't do yeah. anything to actually deserve restoring the roar. You didn't do anything to actually redeem yourselves mm-hmm. or atone for for the the horrors that were committed there. Um, the Astros, again, like not nearly cheating at baseball is not nearly as egregious as what happened at Penn State. However, mm-hmm. they, they approached it the same way. They showed up in spring training. They were like, uh, well, you know, I really don't think we did anything wrong, but like, sorry if you're <laughs> offended kind of thing. And yeah. then said, no one, everyone's doubting us. And then just try and use all their, their press clippings as bulletin board material. And like, uh, I'm sorry. No, we still hate you. Yeah. You can't fast forward past that. Mm-hmm. I'd say when I've been thinking about writing about this too, I think since 2015 to now, one narrative I think through all of sports was a lot of these lovable teams that quickly became villains, right? And that was the Royals to an extent. I actually think people started to dislike them because of, uh, you know, rest in peace, you're down Ventura, the way he was throwing at people sometimes. And just, they were just, their team was a little bit obnoxious and they threw at Donaldson and all these guys, right? This one isn't as crazy as the people I'm about to mention. And then you have the Warriors, Lovable team. Everyone loved them. Changing the game. Three-point shot. And then you have the them acting like babies because they the so-called unanimous MVP, apparently if the third best player isn't on the team for one game, you collapse completely. Sorry, I had to take a shot at Steph. And then <laughs> you have the Houston Astros. And one thing I want to talk about and, and just redress, and I've said this before, is I also want it to be thrown out. Like, like I said, we love the Astros. Bregman, Altuve. Correa, the Puerto Rican power. I mean, come on, how can I not like him? And on behalf of the Puerto Rican alliance, you know, I, I say we still do not currently claim him. I know, although I will say one thing, at least he he felt like the only one who's at least he kind of like bought into it kind of. He's like, yeah, we're the villains. You know, he felt like the only one that kind of embraced it a little bit. So I give him like 5% credit for that. But, you know, and then you have Verlander, the, all the, the Cy Young finally gets his uh, championship ring and he comes over from Detroit and all these things, right? Really great team. Then things slowly unfold. You could even go back to Yuli Gariel's incident against the uh, mm-hmm. U Darvish. You remember that? That feels like it was so long ago. Sure. Then what really I think kicks off is when they sign Roberto Azuna. They didn't even have a dire need at closer. Then they sign him, and everyone's like, "What? Okay." And then they're like, "Yeah, we're we're a zero tolerance organization, though." It's like, well, clearly you're not because you signed this guy. And then we all, you know, as sports fans, is what we do sometimes. We're like, okay, let's be honest. Every team in all of sports has done something awful like this. Let's just criticize them like crazy for a week and then unfortunately we forget and then we have which is the arguably i'd say i'm still more upset about this than the cheating is what happened with the reporter from sports illustrated what happened with mm-hmm. the reporters um with stephanie apsey writing that story um on si being like yeah the brandon taubman or whatever his name was is just shouting thank god we got ozuna female reporters and everybody go look up what happened with roberto ozuna you'll explain understand why that was a bad thing and for them, not only was that an incredibly heinous moment, but for them to immediately just say the story was a lie, like maybe less than an hour after it came out, that's a really bad organization. And that's just yep. an incredibly appalling, abhorrent thing to do 
for you to do that. So it's like, here's everything building up, right? And then they lose and everyone's like, okay, yeah, forget them or whatever, right? And then we find out they cheated. So it was all of these things. I really feel like great teams that broke out and then became villains very quickly. It was one of the mini storylines in sports, I think, over the past like five years. And the Astros might be the the they did the, it better the than anybody. <laughs> yeah, they did it better than anybody. Because yeah. not because with the Warriors, okay, you recruited Durant and you're like, it was a little, you know, cowardly, I guess you could say. But they didn't have some the 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 Epstein part of this. They didn't have the the Ozuna thing about this. They had both mm-hmm. on field just acting like jerks and we don't like this team. And they also had off field cheating and misconduct type of things going against them. So the Astros hate is as firm as ever. I think the only thing uh the question is now is will it carry over into next season, which I'm dubious of, but we'll see. Well, you know, the Astros might be a very extreme example of this, but all mm. of these teams have terrible people on them. They have some <laughs> yes. good people too. Yes. Yes. They have good people, but they all have terrible people. Um, when you're talking about, you know, not only the, the players, but the, the coaching staff and the, um, you know, the front office and just everyone involved with the team you know, the culture of sports really lends itself to terrible people and excuses terrible people for being terrible. So you're going to have that. And then that doesn't even include the owners of which all of the owners are terrible people, all of them for all (laughs) sports franchises. But, you know, like you're going to find, again, you're going to find people that are are really genuinely awesome people that are involved with every franchise that are worth rooting Mm -hmm. for that make it all worthwhile. But, you know, let's, let's not pretend that, that any team has some kind of moral superiority here. Mm -hmm. Even like I said, just now we were all Rays fans during the ALCS Mm -hmm. and really rooting for the Rays because we hate the Astros so much, but you know what? Mm -hmm. The Rays have done some pretty terrible things too. And you know, like, I'm not saying abandon the sport. I'm not saying don't root for your team. But, you know, let's not pretend that anyone has moral superiority over anyone Mm -hmm. else when we're talking about professional sports. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, with the with the Astros, it's also like, yeah, we we hate on them and stuff. But like you're saying, it's it's this is just sports. And this is an unfortunate reality. At least we're talking about it. That's one thing that is important, though. At least talk about it, criticize, bring this up and be like, no, we're we. Do you know who gets to decide when this is over? The victims, i.e. in the case of cheating, the Dodgers, the Yankees, all these guys, they get to decide when you when you're good. Now, you don't get no, 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 no. no. That's not how that works. Right. Then on, on the other side of things. When it comes to the the reporters and stuff, they get to decide whether or not we get to just brush that off, right? It's not your decision. Uh, no, no, no. All right, this isn't like when you're watching a the Avatar: The Last Airbender and be like, oh, well, that felt like a you know that <laughs> redemption arc was was perfectly thing. So you know, this is what happened. no, this is it's not that's not how it works. You gotta time is is key is very key about all these things. And yeah, I'm just I'm over the whole contriving redemption and adversity you saw the Tennessee Titans last week it's like I like that team like a lot I think they're super fun to watch they just won today as the time of this recording really great game um shout out Ryan Tannehill but don't be coming off be like hey everybody hated us and this and that but we pushed through it's like you can say that if everybody on your team got hurt and you still won not right. because you allegedly based on the reports I've seen, maybe it's, maybe these reports are a little bit faulty and misleading, but the reports are all saying, no, you violated practice protocols. Right. So that's a big issue. And I know what you talked about with uh, 
you know, you can't just pull the moral high ground. I remember uh, not to take shots at them. I, I love all the the former Deadspin guys at their their website, The Defector, where they brought up that thing with the Yankees and how that they're kind of the team because they're the moral high ground. It's like, no, they still have all this Chapman on their team. So let's not go yep. too far. Hate the Astros for sure. I approve, but do not act like there is this has never been a thing before. Uh, for sure. Like this is still, this is how sports work and honestly how the world unfortunately works. But thankfully, at least I feel like people are caring um, a lot now, yeah. a lot more. You talk now. about we have stuff like Twitter. Yeah. You talk about defector, um, Drew McGarry, you know, he has why your team sucks for the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and you could very easily do that for baseball or yeah. why each baseball team sucks without even talking about anything on the field, because they all <laughs> have reasons that they suck just, you know, for things that have nothing to do with baseball. Absolutely. And oop, just gotta stop it there, guys. That is it for part two with Daniel R. Epstein, our giant review of the year preview recap thingy McBobber. I hope you guys are enjoying it because I am enjoying editing it and listening to it again. I really thought that we had a lot of good points and it only gets better from here, guys. You know what I mean? Don't worry. This is the next part. It ain't no Godfather part three. Let me tell you, it's, it's going to be Godfather part 2.2 or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? It's going to be fantastic. Trust me. You guys are going to look forward to it. Still going back and forth whether or not I want to do a solo pod tomorrow and then save part three for Friday. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll just, we'll just have to see, guys. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just type it all in in that search bar and you will find it. Remember, you can also give me uh, some favorable reviews of the show on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts app. And remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno. And until next time. Stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.